Welcome to Because You Need to Know. I am Edwin K. Morse, President and Founder of Pioneer Knowledge Services. This series is your digital resource of valuable conversations with nonprofit and knowledge management enthusiasts from across industries and from around the globe. Hello, my name is uh, Pavel Kraus. I live in Liestal. This is next to Basel in Switzerland. And what might interest you that I live in an old stable that uh, used to be really uh, having three horses and uh, then it was converted into a museum for toys. And many years ago we bought the museum and converted it into our house. So this is the thing that still I like very much. Now I have worked uh, in the area of knowledge management for more than 20 years. And this is something that still inspires me. It's something that I think uh, it's so complex and wonderful that I will keep on doing it as long as I can. And something that also inspired me always were people who can lead people, uh, managers, executives who are really leaders. And these have been uh, my friends and my customers for many, many years. And this is still something that I feel is the best thing that could ever have happened to me uh, to know such people. Okay. What happened to the toys? Where did toys go? Did you get the toys with the museum? The toys have been returned to a former Eastern Germany where they come from. It's a small village, siphon full of toys. So this is what happened to the toys from the museum. That is interesting. Yeah, it is still something we loved to do. And my wife still has some of the toys, especially now for Christmas. So we have uh, the zingers, the carol zingers uh, hmm. as toys hmm. just below me. Well, what exactly is the organization you lead? Can you give me some details about Swiss Knowledge Management Forum? The Swiss Knowledge Management Forum, or as I call it, SKMF, has been founded pretty much 20 years ago from knowledge management enthusiasts who just wanted to have an open, free exchange on knowledge management options, uh, challenges, uh, tools, methods, and so on. This is now a group of about 80, we have about 80 members and we have done events, we have done many roundtables, knowledge cafes, and uh, it's still going on. We have a very good board of uh, nine people. We just met after two years of you know, only online meetings, only online roundtables. We met in Bern in the capital of Switzerland just last week to celebrate just to see each other and to have fun together. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. In the same space, I, I can leave my house and go actually see people. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. So with nine folks driving the bus of your organization, what's the future and what's the mission? What, what exactly are you there for? We have a vision to be the first place in Switzerland to be contacted in any type of activity, question, if it's in regards to knowledge management. So this is something we have defined already 20 years ago, you know, to be the number one spot. And we pretty much are. So 
uh, we are getting requests for jobs. We are getting requests for master thesis, bachelor thesis. Wow. It's, uh, it's pretty, we are pretty much there. So you basically started and are a natural resource for knowledge management. Yeah, you could say that. Exactly. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, in your works, I was excited to see that you've updated your model, the three sphere model. Can you kind of give us an overview of what it is and what's been updated or changed? The model is our answer to the question, what is knowledge management? Because we always had people asking, you know, what do you do? What is knowledge management all about? And we produced three different types of uh, pictures of visualizations that kind of explained what it is, where is the position. And uh, the three sphere model is the latest uh, version of this, which was developed based on a publication uh, four years ago. And it showed three spheres. It's the knowledge sphere. It's the information sphere. They are like two leaves on top of each other, a little bit adjacent. And in the middle, it's the action sphere, because we are going after this definition of Peter Zenge. Knowledge is the capacity for effective action. And we want action. We want decisions. We want understanding. We want that something happens with knowledge management. That's why the third sphere is actually the most important one. So let's talk about that, because I think probably our listeners would say that they've probably been in an organization in which there's not been much action, been a lot of information or been a lot of talk, if you will, conversations about stuff. And the action piece seems to be the heavy lift for some organizations. How do you find knowledge management as an enabler um, to make action happen? In my view, it is through decisions and through understanding. So anything that enables me to act, to do something, which is dependent on what I understand, and I need this understanding, and this is exactly where the connection is. So. I need to have an understanding of something in order to be able to act. And if this is done by talking to somebody, by reading something in high quality information, so I can learn, I can have it again, knowledge in my head, then I am actionable. So this is the link. And of course, this happens all the time in any type of organization. This is just our daily work where it happens. However, it is our daily work and our actionability is hampered by missing knowledge or missing information. Uh, not always do you have all the data you need to make a decision. And one of the things on your model that I wanted to bring up is that there's an elevation to it. There's an elevation uh, significant of the small pieces, and these are my words, the small pieces, the data, the 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 parts and particles that make up more bigger understanding to a point or not extracted. What do I want to say? It's, it's, uh, professionalized, it's mm -hmm. analyzed, it's, it's synthesized, but the top end of your spectrum, kind of like the finish line is intuition. Yes. Intuition is now in the few last years has been recognized as a key ingredient to decision making. 
we 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 looked uh, as in, if intuition was something not so important but apparently intuition is a synthesis of our subconscious and if we really work hard and understand things then intuition is like a byproduct and it becomes very important so i actually we have added intuition just recently on top of the of the model well i it suits me because i think some leadership in some individuals have a quality a disposition of gut check or just that intuition they just mm -hmm. okay we're gonna do this it may not be right but we're gonna do this this is the next thing we got to do there's some risk taking when you get into intuition this is a risky area so how do you prove out how do you because some people will will intuit incorrectly or maybe not in the best framework because perhaps maybe they didn't have all the information at present so sometimes intuition can be shifted or directed based upon either new information mm -hmm. or old yes, information or, or you know what i mean those influences how does an organization grow better leadership or grow better intuitive people that's a very good question well for me intuition is the result of experience of something one has learned in his or her life and that is now culminating in a one specific moment where a decision is done so the ingredients is really a good work lot of experience and then it comes automatically you do it at every organization does it just by nurturing uh, people by having them have various experiences i have been many years at roche and uh, we had this traineeship program where in two years young people young leaders with high potential have been going always usually three four months from one department to the other gathering experience and i have followed their career later on and they many of them have really become excellent leaders what is the start the start is like a bee going from one flower to the other and talking to people having gathering experiences then it somehow comes all together after after a while there is a mastery there has to be a little bit of a mastery of your own skills your own knowledge this internal methodology of becoming more uh where you constantly challenge or you you constantly learn, you know, that's that whole interactivity with your environment, raised understanding and raised, uh, and I'm saying raised is just increased, you know, it's a, it's an increased understanding. So as you were talking about getting to that level of intuition, mm -hmm. the, the visual I got was like, so you've got a six year old kid, they're going to go out on the lake to go ice skating versus a 45 year old that has been ice skating since he was six both standing at the shore and the older person says, yeah, we're not going out there today uh, because you know, the ice has gotten thinner or it's not thick enough or what have you. And the kid's like, ah, come on, let's go. It is a buffering of chance taking, being able to intuit the current situation or the forecasted situation. So you're getting into a whole ball of wax here that is pretty powerful because 
we've probably all had opportunity to see leadership in action that was intuitive and or not intuitive and what that means to the organization. So in your story, your depiction of watching leadership develop in, in that organization, they sent these folks out in different departments to get in different sections to, to see what the ground truth looks like in that area. That's how you build this, this volley of knowledge, this incredible intuitive action point that doesn't just happen. It, it takes a lot of work. Yeah, it takes a lot of work. And it is also something that the management has to be behind it because, you know, in these two years, you don't really have much contribution from these young people, but it's the investment into, into the future. And this, this uh, willingness to invest into people, then that leads again back to, to knowledge management. We had a wonderful leader who has built up a company for hearing aids here in Switzerland. And he said, without people, you cannot do absolutely anything. And this company became also brilliant in knowledge management. We had from SKMF, we had several visits and roundtables and events at that company. It's called Sonova. And this company is like a shining light in knowledge management. And uh, this is really something very special because the CEO had this understanding. And this was my experience in so many years. Knowledge management is heavily dependent on the leaders. It is only then successful when the leader wants it, understands it, and really does something with the people and for the people. So it's never about just tools or just something else. They used to have, it's not there anymore because the company has grown, but they used to have the famous 10 o'clock uh, break. The whole company, from the CEO to the gardener, all the engineers, they gathered at one big hall and they have been served coffee because the CEO said, the exchange of knowledge among the people at this break is so valuable that coffee will be served to them so that they do not waste time waiting in the line for their coffee. Mm. This is the level of understanding of knowledge exchange, which I, I, which I have always admired. Well, that takes something that takes some leadership to create a culture that is like that, where they actually show and demonstrate a knowledge management practice as part of the organization. That, that is fabulous. Yes. So you say you don't know if that exists yet still it, as they've it, changed. I have heard from a colleague that this, this break where everybody gathered is not possible anymore mm. because they have too many sites and too many people. Mm. They've outgrown that. That's interesting. I, I like that very much. You know, the, the organization that puts in the effort to build those kind of relationships amongst its own people will always pay dividend. I, I think your example of this spread out over time and across the organization to gather is you're right. That's a heavy investment and you really got to be dedicated to make sure that that is enabled to happen because 
it really gives an opportunity for perspective and relationship building and understanding and all those things that would never exist any other way. So, uh, unfortunately, we talked 20, 30 years ago about so-called learning organization. Still, this is a dream. Still, this is something that uh, organizations are losing so much knowledge about what was already happening. They are still reinventing the wheel because they do not know that these, these things have been already done before by somebody in the organization. So we are still not there. And this is again what the SKMF is all about, you know, to, to build understanding of the critical uh, capabilities like that. Do you have a good example of what you would consider a learning organization? You mean a, a specific company? Or industry? You know, where have you seen... What would you say is a comparable? I, I, I have hard time to put it on the uh, company level or even on the industry level. The only good examples I have ever seen are on department level, hmm. where a department leader with long year experience is there and has the linkages, has, has it. So it's really people dependent. I am working for a department since 2003. So now, you know, uh, we are in the 18 year and they have this continuity because they have leaders who really are still there. And this is some, of course, you know, in our fast running time, an, an exception. Well, you've provided a definition of knowledge management and I think you cited it. Can you give me that again? Uh, this is now something we have been working on also in SKMF, in the board, because I, I feel that it is important to really know and to explain quickly what is the main focus of knowledge management. And our recent, most recent definition is knowledge management contributes to increased profitability and or productivity by building organizational insight and capability within the context of culture, processes and tools. So the main thing we really want to put emphasis on is profitability or productivity. So either for profit or for non-profit organizations. And this is really where knowledge management must make a contribution and has been again reflecting in, in our model. Well, thank you very much for bringing all of that new knowledge to the audience here. And hopefully we can uh, continue to grow together and watch knowledge management across the world continue to make that profitable and predictable impact. Thank you very much uh, that uh, you had me today in this show. And uh, definitely I welcome any feedbacks on what we have discussed. Uh, thank you very much. Because You Need to Know is designed to bring people's experience and their knowledge forward to be shared. I'm Edwin K. Morris, and I thank you for joining in to listen to another conversation brought to you as a public service of Pioneer Knowledge Services, a nonprofit tax exempt organization with a charitable knowledge management purpose. Find us online at pioneer ks.org and add your voice to the conversation on Facebook.